Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Zen nicotine products are only for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at zen.com slash 10. That's zyn.com slash 10. Ford Motor Company is committed to moving forward together with new all-electric vehicles that offer an efficient and exhilarating driving experience. Join Ford as they redefine what electric can do. Ford customers will have easy and simple access to charge, whether they charge at home with the overnight plug-in Ford Mobile Charger or on the road at one of the 19,500 charging stations of the Blue Oval Charge Network. Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many affordable options to choose from. Head over to Ford.com to learn more. Built Ford Proud. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And when you're shopping for a car, there's nothing sweeter than landing within your budget sweet spot. That's why shopping with Carvana makes it easy to browse through thousands of cars you can afford. Once your budget is set, that's what you get. And we won't surprise you with any bogus fees. Whew, sweet. So visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. The Trend Reporter is a production of iHeartRadio. Trends are constantly changing. There's something new in wellness, beauty, and food every day. That can be a lot to keep up with, so let me do the work. I'm the trend reporter, Mara Schiavocampo, here to tell you everything you want to know about the trends you should know. Intermittent fasting, it is the latest diet craze that everyone is talking about. But does it work? Joining us to tackle that question, Dr. Michael Krupain. He's the Emmy Award-winning head of the medical unit at the Dr. Oz Show. He also literally wrote the book on intermittent fasting. It's called What to Eat When. It's a great book. Dr. Krupain, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's first talk about the benefits, right? Why would somebody want to do intermittent fasting? Sure. Can I first talk about something you just said? Absolutely. So I wouldn't call intermittent fasting a diet. Okay. I think it's really a, a way of life. A diet is something that's restrictive and people can't do forever and they feel isolated, but intermittent fasting doesn't have to be that way. Intermittent fasting is less of a diet and more of a nutritional lifestyle. It's not focused on what you eat, but when. The idea being that by fasting for a certain period of time every day, like 12, 14, or 16 hours, you can lose weight, sleep better, increase energy, and maybe even ward off disease. So how does this work? What does it mean to intermittent fast? Sure. Well, intermittent fasting can actually mean lots of different things. It's sort of a catch-all phrase to define lots of different approaches to when you eat. So there's people who do intermittent fasting where they actually fast, where they don't eat every other day or don't eat for a number of days. There is other types of intermittent fasting where you just eat within a window. So you only eat for 12 hours a day and fast for 12 hours a day or eat for eight hours a day and fast for 16 hours a day. So there's lots of different ways you can do it. And it's all based on this idea originally coming from calorie restriction, so people eating less calories. And in animals, when animals eat less calories, they live longer. But it's no fun. Nobody can do that 
on a long-term basis. That's why diets don't work because people are restricting their calories. So this is more about changing, again, that time in which you eat and getting those same benefits you might get from restricting your calories completely to just changing the window that you're eating in or the number of days you're eating too much. So when I so see when this I see described, I often will see, you know, the 5-2 approach, 5, um, what is it, a colon? Yeah, it's a colon. 5 colon 2 or 16 colon 8, which is a little intimidating. As soon as I start saying numbers and colons, I get very scared. <laughs> so let's start with the 5-2, okay. which is kind of what you were describing in terms of every other day. So this is a kind of fasting that would differ depending on what day of the week it is. Yes. So in a 5-2, that's when you spend five days eating sort of normally, like you normally would, and two days fasting. And those two days aren't necessarily in a row. They're hopefully not in a row because that would make it much harder. There are two separated days in your week. And you're either fasting, meaning you're not eating anything. Again, that's really hard. Or you're eating just less. So you might be eating 500 calories or 1,000 calories. So about half of or a quarter of what you would normally need. That would be the 5-2. And then the other approach would be every day, fasting for a certain period of time daily. Yeah, so that's the idea of what we would call sometimes time-restricted eating or time-restricted feeding or time-restricted fasting. You can use any three of the three that you want. And that's when you eat within a window in every day. So every day you eat between you know 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. or 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and you fast the rest of the time. So when I see 16, 8, 16 refers to the amount of hours that you're fasting. That's right. You're not eating 16 hours a day. You're fasting 16 hours a day. That's right. When you see 16, 8, that is about 16 is the fasting and 8 is the eating. Because 16, 8 is really what most people do. They sleep eight, 8 hours or so and they eat their all their waking hours. That's right. That's what most people do. They're eating all day long. Right. But that's actually what we were taught. I mean, I feel like for a really long period of time, the idea was you have to eat really often. You have to eat as soon as you wake up to tell your body you're awake and to start burning fuel. And you have to eat like every two hours to let your body know you're not starving. That was conventional wisdom for a long time. Right. Well, I think there's a, there are a couple of conventional wisdoms, yes. Yeah. So there's some people who say you should eat small meals every two hours, right? And that'll keep you going throughout the day and keep you full and from overeating. But then there's other conventional wisdom where you shouldn't go to bed, you know, on a full stomach. You should eat earlier, right? That's sort of old conventional wisdom, which probably more aligned with this idea of uh, not eating from the moment you wake up till the time you go to bed. Okay. So, so if we're talking about, you know, 16, 8, but you can... You can vary the window, though, right? You don't have to fast for 16 hours. What's the smallest amount of time that you can fast to still get benefits? Yeah, so in the research, the smallest amount of time that has been looked at is 12 hours. So 12 hours of fasting and 12 hours of eating. Okay, so that would probably be the easiest approach for most people because you're sleeping for a large portion of that time. Hopefully you're, you're sleeping for eight hours of well, that 12 hours. I don't hours. know about all that. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> if I get six, it's a good night. But So 12 wouldn't be so tough. You finish dinner at 7 p.m., say, and then you, don't, you can eat the following morning at 7 a.m. That doesn't sound so bad. I don't think that sounds so bad, and that's where I recommend most people start if they're going to try intermittent fasting. Start with 12 hours. Okay, and do you have to do it seven days a week if you're doing the daily version? So you don't have to. Should you? If you can't. doctor. What does the doctor say? So if you can do it every day of the week, that's great. If you can't, that's also okay. In the animal studies, they show that animals that fast for seven days of the week get the most benefit. But if they fast for five days of the week, they get 
almost as much benefit. Maybe it's twenty percent less. Who are, who are fasting? Is it, these are like experiment? Like these are lab rats or yes. cows or yes, mice or rats. I guess if you have to be a lab rat, the intermittent fasting study would probably be one of the better ones. I'm thinking, like they're not <laughs> injecting you with cancer cells. Yes, better or... <laughs> than some other some other types of studies. Like yes. Testing like burning ointment on you. Um, well, I'll tell you, though, there is one, there's some really interesting studies of animals that are not so pleasant for the animals looking at fasting. And the, okay. most, the most interesting one to me is looking at um, stroke. Oh. So they have animals fast, and then they induce a stroke in the animal. How do you induce a stroke? Well, you have to close off the artery that goes to the brain. Oh. So you model the same thing that would happen a, in a person having Poor a stroke. Lab rats. Yes. But what we find from those studies is really interesting find that those rats that fast have smaller strokes than the rats that are just eating whenever they want. So that teaches us that fasting can be helpful if you are facing certain health crises. That's right. For that, it's probably because fasting can help activate certain factors that are protective of the brain so that when the brain is sort of stressed by this stroke model, not as much damage occurs. So this flies in the face of everything that I remember being taught. You know, it was don't restrict. Don't restrict. It's not good for you psychologically. It's not good for you physically. What changed? I think we have better research. I mean, I think there was this idea that you go in, there's something called starvation mode, right? When you restrict your calories too much or you fast, right? You, your body starts doing the opposite of what you want. It slows down your metabolism, and now you're gaining weight because with eating even less food. Right. But we know that there's sort of a optimal window in which you do that. So by doing intermittent fasting, you're not getting into that real starvation mode. I'm making air quotes. No one can see that who's, see. who's listening. I see that. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Do you want me to narrate your hand gestures? You, you might have to. <laughs> um, so, and, and in Longo's diet, this uh, fasting mimicking diet is also sort of optimized. So you are getting just the right amount of fasting without going overboard. So if you did it for seven days, that would probably be too much and you might find some harms in it. Okay. Um, all right, so let's talk about the benefits because the claims really are, I mean, it sounds like the miracle pill. It's what everybody wants, well, right? My least favorite word. Uh-oh, miracle. Okay, we won't say the word miracle. Um, but it does sound pretty amazing if the claims, you know, bear out that, like, you can look younger and live longer without yeah. disease and be thin. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, we still have a lot more research that we need to do to see if, the, if these claims do hold up. But what we see in the animal research is really promising and I think worth trying. So why? Why it, it, It's counterintuitive. I would think the more fuel you give your body, the better it will function. Well, you know, we don't really know the answer, but it does get back again to this concept of calorie restriction. So the, sometimes you want to give your body less fuel, right? Because your body can only process so much. And when you overload your body, you get into other conditions like metabolic syndrome, right? That's when we, you get insulin resistance and obesity, and that's bad for you. Um, leads to diabetes and other health problems. And we know that, you know, in animals, again, when we restrict the number of calories that they consume, they, they live longer lives. So there's some, there's a balance there. Now I'm making a balance gesture. Yes. You're not... Doctor, for those of you <laughs> listening, Dr. Coupain is now alternating his hands in a balancing gesture. So, you, so, you know, you don't want to have not enough food, then you're in star, you are in starvation mode and then you're like the images we see of people who are starving, and that's obviously not good. No way. Wow. Um, and if you eat too much, then you're sort of in the chronic disease mode. So there's obviously there's some place in the middle. And what's really happening probably with fasting is is really really exciting. It and it has to do with evolution. 
and it has to do with the fact that once upon a time we couldn't eat every single day and we couldn't eat 24 hours a day or 16 hours a day, whatever it is we do now, because we didn't have lights and we didn't have electricity. We had to hunt and gather, right? And in order to do that successfully, we might go a day or two without being able to eat. And if we were starving and couldn't think anymore and couldn't run and chase or pick the right berries, you know, we would be dead. Our species wouldn't survive. So we had to evolve a mechanism where our bodies were actually better when we were hungry, or at least just as good. And so that's where probably what's going on with intermittent fasting. And it has to probably also do with this idea of switching fuels. It's what a lot of the scientists think. So normally our bodies burn sugar, but we all know about the keto diet, right? That's when our bodies burn fat. When we switch from sugar to fat, when we're fasting, that happens because we burn through all our sugar supplies and we have to switch over to our fat burning supplies, which is why we may lose weight. And that switch activates most likely these protective mechanisms, the things, these hormones that protect the brain and protect other organs and actually keep us going and make us better. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Zen nicotine products are only for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Zen nicotine pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and are made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zin is available in 10 varieties and 2 strengths, 3 milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and 6 milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet, you can enjoy Zin anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zin. Visit Zin.com, that's Z-Y-N.com, to learn more and to find Zin nicotine pouches near you. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy and saving you some time. That's why we give you the option to choose from thousands of cars online from wherever you are. That could be on your couch, on your break, or while your camera off during a meeting. Our 100% online car buying experience offers you as soon as next day delivery or pickup from one of our car vending machines. So visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Ford Motor Company is committed to moving forward together with new all-electric vehicles that offer an efficient and exhilarating driving experience. Don't be the last to join us on the road of new electric vehicles as we redefine what electric can do. Ford is going above and beyond, not only to create the smartest, most connected EVs and technology, but to make sure that customers are well-educated on how to move forward with electric energy. Some benefits to driving all-electric include saving money annually on gas, and zero vehicle emissions. Ford customers will also have easy and simple access to charge, whether you charge at home with the overnight plug-in Ford mobile charger or on the road at one of the 19,500 charging stations of the Blue Oval Charge Network. Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many affordable options to choose from. Head on over to Ford.com to learn more. Built Ford Proud. So let's talk about the daily version of intermittent fasting, because I think that's the one, anecdotally, it certainly seems to be the most common among people who are trying it. Um, and it may be because it's the simplest. It's not necessarily easy, but it's very simple. You know, I'm not eating between 
7 p.m. and 9 a.m. That's really simple. I tried it for a while. I loved it. I kind of fell off the wagon um, around the holiday season. I'm trying to get back on that wagon uh, because eating at night, it like calls my name. Like you're sitting on a couch, you're finally unwinding. It's been a long day and snacks go very well with that. So that's my issue, but you know, it's my issue. So in terms of the daily fasting, let's help people out. How do you pick a window that works for you? You know, can you eat until you go to bed and you say, well, I'm never hungry in the morning, so I'll eat until 10 p.m. and then I won't eat again until noon. So this is what we write a lot about in What to Eat When, and this is what I'm really excited about, is how you eat within this window. We've always heard that a calorie is a calorie, but now some are starting to question that. Many experts say that when you eat can be as important as what you eat, and that eating early in the day and fasting at night could be really good for you. In other words, they say our eating schedule should be set to the sun. Our bodies have this thing called the circadian rhythm, which is like our body's clock. And we talk about it all the time when we're talking about sleep or jet lag or something. We know that our circadian circadian rhythm is out of whack. Our circ- you're, you're, you're using your fingers now to dictate circadian rhythm. Okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Actually, a, a cycle. So um, our circadian rhythm is what really tells our body what to do when. It get, it, It's sort of like this um, clock that primes us because it's automating our body's function. So we, our body knows like, oh, the, it's 7 a.m. We should be getting ready to wake up. Certain hormones should be going so that we're ready to do the next activity. And, and it's, now it's 10 p.m. and other hormones should be going. So we should be going to sleep, right? So Is that, that dictated by the sun or by your habits? It's, the sun plays a really large role because the sun sets your circadian rhythm. So your habits also play a role. Obviously, our sort of psychology can override everything, right? We can decide to stay up 24 hours a day, but we'll be tired, right? So Our circadian rhythm is set by the sun, and it doesn't just influence the hormones that affect our sleep. It influences everything in our body. Every organ in our body has a clock, and our metabolism actually changes throughout the day. Dictated by the sun. Like, not literally by the sun, but by the time of day. Yeah, by the time of day. And the sun is that thing that sort of sets the clock every day to keep it on a 24-hour cycle. That's so fascinating. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like the power of the sun is faster than we realize. That's right. And somebody actually won the Nobel Prize a couple years ago for discovering this. Oh, So... The sun sets our circadian rhythm and changes our metabolism throughout the day. And actually what happens is that as the day goes on, you can you can think about and sort of the easiest way to think about is our metabolism actually slows down throughout the day. So in the morning, we're really primed to eat carbohydrates. And in the evening, we're really primed to burn fat. Because again, remember, once upon a time, we didn't eat 24 hours a day. And our the nighttime was the time we were sleeping. And we were having to use stored fuel and fat is our stored fuel. So as the day goes on, we actually become less good at eating carbohydrates and better at burning fat. So we recommend that you eat more early in the day and less later in the day. Because when you start eating more later in the day, you throw this whole system out of whack. You're basically throwing a big wrench into your rhythm there because your body's expecting you, okay, get ready for fasting. And now you're giving it more fuel, more food, and now instead of burning fat, it wants to store that fat. So you recommend an eating window that's earlier in the day? Ideally, it's earlier in the day and that you're eating more food early in the day and less as the day goes on. So you front load your meals? Yeah. So I, we say make breakfast and lunch your biggest meals of the day and dinner the smallest. So it's kind of the opposite. I mean, people will have like a nibble for breakfast and then really go in on dinner. You're saying, no, switch that. Yes. Basically, flip your day 
upside down and eat your dinner for breakfast. Okay. The other thing you say, and now we've talked about it twice, it's the line that I love. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> Give it a shot. What's the line? Um, <laughs> there's a couple. Now I forget which one it was. Well, you eat pasta. Oh, don't stereotype food. Don't stereotype That's, your food. Yes. So what do you have for breakfast? So I ideally have pasta for breakfast because I love pasta and I've, there's nothing wrong with eating carbohydrates and as long as they're whole grains and especially if it's cold, if you cook it the night before and eat it cold out of the refrigerator, then some of the starch in that pasta becomes something called resistant starch and resistant starch acts more like fiber than like sugar. So it's better for you. It doesn't turn into sugar in your body. Um, so pasta with broccoli is sort of my go-to breakfast, um, but salmon is a great breakfast. Sort of anything I might eat for dinner, I try to eat for breakfast. So you wrote the book, What to Eat When, and now you have a cookbook. Yeah, we have a cookbook out called The What to Eat When Cookbook. Because people have a lot of questions. They don't believe it's as simple as just restricting their time. They want to know what to eat. Yeah. So what should you be eating? That's right. So in the, in the first book, we give some guidelines about what to eat, about eating, you know, mostly plant-based, eating whole grains, eating fish. And, you know, people came to us and said, well, give us recipes. People want to plan. People want want to plan. People want to be given these recipes. And we, our answer was, okay, well, we're kind of cookbook. But in the meantime, there's lots of healthy recipes out there. So we so I wrote this cookbook. And the theme is really against one of your, your favorite sayings, don't stereotype food, is that, you know, if you're going to eat... Um, dinner for breakfast, here's a bunch of ideas. Here's how you can eat vegetables for breakfast or for lunch, or here's how you can eat salmon for breakfast or for lunch. And our real kind of underlying concept in the book was it's really about technique, learning how to cook, and you don't you can follow a recipe the first time and then switch the vegetables that you want or switch the seasonings that you want, but just follow this technique, and it's really easy. It's really great. Are there any other nutritional guidelines, or is it just the time restriction? So... That's a little complicated. So we recommend some other nutritional guidelines because we think you need to combine sort of eating healthy with when you eat. So you got to combine the when and the what. There's probably, in, again, in the animal studies, we see that when you feed a rat a high-fat diet and they have access to it 24 hours a day, they gain weight. But when you restrict the window in which they can eat that high-fat diet, they don't gain weight anymore. But couldn't some of it just be that you're eating less because you're not spending as much time eating? Some of it could be that. In the animal studies, they control for those things, and they still see uh, the animals don't gain the weight that they, that on the high-fat diet that other animals do who eat it sort of whenever they want. In humans, we haven't seen that. So in humans, we don't know if that's what's happening. So it can be partly that people are eating less. So that's why I, I do think it's important that you also look at the what. Like, you shouldn't just be eating, you know, cake and pizza all day in your window. Damn it. You should- <laughs> you should try to eat, you know, the right foods. Okay. Um, can you combine it with other diets? Like, could you do keto on intermittent fasting? Sure. You could do that. And there's no, that would, would it be doubly effective? I can, can we layer, can I, I we can't. layer diets? You can, <laughs> you can, you can definitely layer these two, um, types of eating for sure. Um, yeah, you because again, as you note, it's not a diet; it's a lifestyle. Yeah, approach. it's yeah. not. It's you can take the keto diet and layer it in with this lifestyle of uh, intermittent fasting for sure. And is there anybody who shouldn't do this? Because I feel like if you have a history of disordered eating and restricting, this probably is going to be a really big trigger. Well, in those in that case, maybe you shouldn't do this. I mean, if you have 
some really serious health problems, you should probably talk to your doctor before you try it. If you know that you're just not the person who can go more than an hour or two without eating something, then you shouldn't do it. But it's, um, you know, again, sort of, it's, it's not a lot of harm in sort of trying it. If something, if you're not feeling good, then eat. And but, do you think it's sustainable? Is it something that someone could do for years? Can they live this way? I think so. I mean, I, so the crazy thing is that I lived exactly this way, but opposite for, I don't know, almost 20 years what, or 15 years. I ate only once a day and I ate dinner. Okay. So I ate the wrong time, but I ate just one meal a day and I did it forever. A huge meal. It was a very big meal. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I mean, it was, it was not a problem for me and it actually helped me sort of maintain my weight. But then eventually I started actually gaining weight. And then that's when we did this research and wrote this book and I f sort of flipped the way I ate, eating exactly the same way I always ate, like the same foods and the same amount of food. And I sort of got back to where I thought I should be. So just by shifting that huge meal to earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. And you said something really beautiful. I took it as really beautiful symbolically. It was very poetic. Yeah. Uh, it was about the sun. And the sun dictates our rhythm. And if you screw up, the sun still comes up the, the next day and your rhythm starts over and you can just start over again the next day. I took that as like a metaphor for life. I don't know if that's how you meant it. You were probably talking about the circadian rhythm. <laughs> I was talking about the circadian rhythm, but I, I like the way you interpret it. That you can always just start over the next day. Yeah, and I think that's really, really important. And, and that was going to be the next thing I said about your question. I mean, I think, is it sustainable? Can people keep doing it? Yes. And if you screw up, you just start again. Every day the sun comes up, every day you can start again. And you said over the holidays you kind of fell off. So did I. I've been getting back on rhythm, on sort of on the intermittent fasting track, even me. And <laughs> it's okay. And the sun will come up tomorrow. The sun will come up tomorrow. I get another chance to get back on track. This is beautiful. This is about so much more than intermittent fasting. Um, okay, so then the big question. We're talking about weight. Does it work? We know that it should help you lose weight. I mean, there's again, there's some good studies and a lot of great anecdotes. So there's some... Great studies that helped us sort of formulate our philosophy from Spain and one in the U.S. where they took groups of people and they fed them the exact same number of calories and they had them eat most of those calories either early in the day or later in the day, right? So they might have, you know, they would either have a big breakfast or a big dinner, right? Or they would have, in another study, they would have a big uh, lunch, right? And they might eat that big lunch early or late because it was in Europe. So they ate lunch is the biggest meal of the day. And they found that the groups that ate more early lost 25% more weight than the groups that ate later, right? And that's just from changing the time of day that just they ate. Just from changing the time of day. Yeah. So that's that's why we made time of day an important part of this. Then when it comes to fasting, you see plenty of people who are doing it and having a lot of success. Dr. Kofain, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I want to know what trends you have questions about. So hit me up on Instagram. I'm at Mara S. Combo. You can also check out The Trend Reporter on YouTube, covering all of the newest trends, including tutorials on everything from food to beauty. That's youtube.com slash Mara S. Combo. The Trend Reporter is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Ford Motor Company is committed to moving forward together with new all-electric vehicles that offer efficient and exhilarating driving experiences. Ford is going above and beyond to create the smartest, most connected EVs and technology and to make sure that customers are well-educated on how to move forward with electric energy. Don't be last to join us. 
as we redefine what electric can do. Journey into the future with Ford's lineup of electric vehicles with many affordable options to choose from. Head over to Ford.com to learn more. Built Ford Proud. Stevenson University Online is a leader in forensic education for law enforcement, legal, and cyber investigations. If you are preparing for career advancement or career change, investigate our online master's programs in forensic science, CSI, forensic accounting, Forensic Investigations, and Cybersecurity and Digital Forensics. New online sessions start every eight weeks. No application fee or GRE required. Visit stevenson.edu slash online. Legal professionals know that e-discovery can be painful when using slow software that just hasn't kept up with the times. Everlaw transforms e-discovery so you can find what matters more quickly, more reliably, and more effectively. That's why Amlaw 200 firms, Fortune 500 corporations, and top federal and state agencies trust Everlaw. Legal professionals deserve great technology. Find it in Everlaw. Book your demo today at everlaw.com. That's everlaw.com.